Welcome to the Agent Success Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Caruso, and this is episode number three, brought to you by Real Estate Advisors, Inc., where it's our goal to help double or triple our agent's income with our marketing strategies. And it's my goal with this podcast to help you achieve your financial goals wherever you are. We're continuing on with the review of all the different ways to lead, generate, and prospect this week. Last week, I covered door knocking, cold calling, farming, just listed, just sold postcards, and websites. I'm really enjoying going through all this with you. I'm talking about the preparation part that I'm going through in order to speak to you about all the different lead generation techniques. After 15 years of actually doing the work in an almost automatic way, I never thought twice about the process except for now because I'm sort of forced to do it. And this, of course, is all for good reason. As you may know, we train newer agents on a daily basis, not in a class like other brokerages. I'm talking about our mentorship program, where we're there every step of the way with our agents. To give you an example, one agent was brand new. They had a buyer who wanted to put in an offer, and they had never done an offer before. We sat down with them. We went through it from A to Z with them on the offer, the whole process, and we were there for the offer presentation. We'll continue to do this until we're confident that they can do all the steps on their own. After a couple of offers, instead of sitting down going through the offer with that same agent, we spent time on the phone with them going through the offer. Then they'll present the offer on their own, but we'll review the offer that they put together, and then I'm available by phone whenever they need me until they can do everything on their own. Anyway, you get the picture. We're there every step of the way. Since we're directly involved in the process with them, we can tell if they're actually learning the process. And we know what they're having trouble with by the questions they ask us or keep asking us over and over again. This really helps because we know what areas require more training or review. Talking into this microphone by myself, there's no way of me knowing if this is having any valuable impact on you or not. I'm not getting phone calls just like the one I did today from another one of our agents who was all excited to let me know that an offer they were working on was accepted. When I get phone calls like that, it really lets me know firsthand that what I'm doing actually does benefit people. Since this is a one-way conversation, the only way I know if this is helping you is with feedback. If you could find some time, can you please send me some quick feedback to let me know what you think so far? Robert at agentsuccesspodcast.com. Feedback, good or bad, even some topics you'd like me to cover, and don't be afraid to tell me the truth. I'm happy to hear constructive criticism. After all, it's for your benefit. Okay, let's continue with the prospecting list. Landing pages. This is the heart and soul of everything that I do right here. I've been doing landing pages since 2006 when I didn't even know what a landing page was. Remember that I had a website since 2006? That actual website consisted of a bunch of landing pages. The website was not your typical agent website. No pictures of me on it no IDX, no personal branding. It is people focused, not agent branding focused. The whole website was like four or five landing pages all in one. Then the Google AdWords was focused on one landing page, which was a small part of the website. And then it was basically laser focused. If you don't know what the purpose of a landing page is, it's a tool to capture names, emails, phone numbers, and whatever else you want to ask for online. There are a lot of website providers out there who claim to have landing pages built into their websites. As I go on, I may contradict myself a little bit. So I don't love the cookie cutter landing pages that some website providers have. But at the same time, I will use them on my website. I would never send a potential lead to a cookie cutter landing page that my website provides though. The reason why is because the ones that they use are all basically the same. So my site provider probably has thousands of other agents using the exact same landing page, except for the name down at the bottom of the page. Just to be clear, the website with a cookie cutter landing pages 
is my branding client connection website, not the lead generation website I mentioned earlier. Yes, I have a couple of websites and I have many landing pages. Okay, so why do the cookie cutter landing pages bother me? If a buyer, and we all know the buyers are usually online first over sellers, in any case, if a buyer is searching for a home and they get direct view landing pages, you don't want yours to look like everyone else's. So if you did a Facebook ad on how to find your dream home or whatever, and a few other agents using the same design had the same landing page, you really didn't do anything to differentiate yourself from other lookalike pages. I'll tell you right now, you need to differentiate yourself from other agents if you want to stand a chance in getting leads online. The last thing you want is to have the exact same landing page as everyone else. For example, the big craze a couple of years ago was a home value landing page. It was a great idea. As you enter in your address, the location on a map shows up and it marked the exact location of their home. It then proceeded to ask a few questions such as detached, how many bedrooms, baths, whatever, and then it submitted the form over to you with the lead contacts info and details about their home. The problem was that everyone and anyone had the exact same design and before you knew it, that same landing page had been used and abused over and over again. People, I'm sure, caught on quickly and when you don't have something unique, people will likely just ignore them after a while. Home value landing pages, in my opinion, are probably the least likely to work if you want leads for home sellers. I went over this in the last episode. They want to know roughly what their home is worth, but in order to get it, they need to talk to an agent, they'll probably ignore you. What they really want is the info. They want to be able to look at it without us breathing down their necks. Depending on when you're listening to this, Treb just lost an appeal to fight the Competition Bureau on allowing sold stats to be public. Sooner or later, depending on when you're listening to this, people will be able to get sold stats on their own. We'll leave this topic for another episode. Another way we use landing pages are to wake up sleeping potential prospects. As I've mentioned to you before, I email my database daily. They get my emails with listing info. I know with this list of people I have, there will be people ready to buy or sell in the future sooner or later. They're never going to pick up the phone and call me to let me know they're looking to move in two years from now. While some do, depending on the situation, but most won't. What all of them will do is read a report. I offer a how to sell your home for top dollar fast book for those sellers that know they're going to move, but aren't ready to have me over and look at their home. For buyers, I'll have a landing page for them to join me on a tour of homes. They're not ready to buy but they could join us for a tour and just look around without committing to buy right now. These couple of options are there for people that know they're going to do something, but not sure exactly when. And if they could just get some info without having to talk to a salesperson who's going to try and convince them to buy or sell now. It's a lot more informal and I'll know that sometime in the near future, they'll be ready. This is pretty much all I can tell you about landing pages without being able to physically show you. If you want me to get deeper into it, I suggest you contact me so we could sit down together and I can show you what type of landing pages we use. Gal Fernandez, one of the other partners, and myself have been using landing pages for a long time and we can show you how we use them with real live examples. If you want to set up a day to meet and show you, send me an email, robert at agentsuccesspodcast.com. Or if you want to stay under the radar, visit www.agentsuccessstrategysession.com and oh yes, it's a landing page. Facebook ads. Facebook ads are a hot topic right now. Whether you know how to place a Facebook ad or not, Facebook loves your money and if you're willing to pay them, they'll gladly take it, which is why it's extremely important for you to know what you're doing when placing an ad. Social media and Facebook ads, by the way, are not the same thing. Social media is engagement with fans and sharing pictures of your lunch with everyone. 
I'll go over social media next, although I'm probably the least social out there, but I'll give you my take on it. If you have a budget for Facebook ads and know how to create a compelling ad in Facebook, you can get a lot of leads. You need to know it's a numbers game, just like anything else. And like any other lead, follow-up is key. I like Facebook ads because it's easy to set up and relatively inexpensive. Again, as you look at the chances or likelihood of a qualified buyer or seller being on Facebook, going through their feed, coming across your ad, tapping on it, filling in their info, or the ones that are going to Google and typing out a search for houses for sale in wherever and landing on your landing page and filling in their info, well, just me saying it kind of puts it in perspective. Yes, there are over 2 billion users on Facebook but they're not usually going onto Facebook to look for a home or an agent to help them buy or sell a home. In fact, I think it's safe to say that nobody is going on Facebook to look for a home or agent. Unless, of course, they know an agent and they're looking for their contact info. After that bombshell, I do have some good news though. Micro-targeting on Facebook is something that could be more effective. Better, but still not as targeted as Google Ads could be. An example of micro-targeting is to target a specific neighborhood with content relevant to that neighborhood. No, not with call me for a market analysis or any other self-promotion ads I already covered. The ad needs to be neighborhood specific and someone who may want the info you're offering. Free report because it's neighborhood specific to them. You can get their info and again, it's a numbers game. If you collected contact info on a bunch of people in an area, kept in touch with them, with relevant information, good information, and you do not come off as a typical salesperson, you will eventually get deals. Not from everyone, but a percentage of them anyway. This is how our business works. Nobody gets sales from everyone they know or all the leads they have. I have yet to meet anyone who does. Just like any lead generation technique you use, it's long-term and you need to keep at it for a long time. In Facebook, however, you shouldn't keep the exact same ad running all the time. It will eventually be ignored, or even Facebook may not put it in front of as many people as you want it to be. I'm not a Facebook specialist, but what Facebook wants is engagement. Yes, they want your money, but you need to either change the ad, pause it, or cancel it, redo the ad once in a while for it to stay fresh. Again, I'm no Facebook expert, and I would, if I were you, research it as much as you can to stay on top of trends so you stay relevant. If you have no idea where to start on Facebook ads, there are two things you can do. One, hire somebody or two, learn how to do it yourself. We have an amazing online step-by-step -step training program for this. You can send me an email. I can add you to get the online training. I mentioned this before to you. It's an online training program that's updated every two weeks with an amazing techie trainer we teamed up with to give you the absolute best and up-to-date training. His training is how-to, and if you were to combine our strategies, you'd have some pretty powerful techniques. Send me an email, and I'll set it up for you. Robert at agentsuccesspodcast.com. Social media. Social media is always another hot topic, from Facebook to Instagram to YouTube. You have multiple ways to connect with people, to get them into your world, so to speak, and hopefully become your clients one day, or to keep in touch with past clients. I have to admit that I'm not very active in social media. For me, it's very time consuming. And when I measure results with all the other prospecting activities to social media, which in reality is very difficult to measure, I choose to spend my time and energy on activities that are measurable. I'm not saying it's a waste of time. I know agents who do very well on social media and can say they got many clients from being social. I'm going to refer back to a statement 
that people do not go to any of their social media feeds or channels to look for a home or an agent. That's not why it was invented. Agents try to advertise their listings, open houses, or self-marketing. I don't think buyers make offers on homes because they happen to see a post on Facebook or Instagram. Same goes for open houses. How likely will a person walk into an open house and buy it? Not very likely. It has happened, yes, but it's not a normal occurrence. If you use social media as a way to connect with people, let them into your personal life a little so they get to know who you are, what you stand for. Sometime down the road when they need help to buy or sell, they'll remember you. With that, I'd say social media has done its thing. Think of it more as an additional way to stay in touch, but I wouldn't be relying on social media for today leads or clients. Social media has its place. You are the brand applies the most here. This is where you could and should shine the most to promote yourself as the brand. We've all heard that you need to post articles, some real estate specific and some not real estate specific to keep people from being bored with the same old real estate content. These social platforms are just that, social. There's nothing social if all you do is post the house you just listed, the buyer you got a great deal on their home, or look at my award for selling so many homes last year. The only people who care about that stuff is probably your mom. What you can do with these platforms is to use them to stand out, to show you're different. Listings, open houses, or awards are not different. It's what all agents are doing, and it's boring to anyone who's not in the market today. If they're in the market, different story. But you don't want to bombard everyone for that off-chance client. You'll get deleted, or they'll unfriend you if all you do is give them stuff they don't want. If I were to start a social campaign, I'd focus on my community, special events, current topics that affect our neighborhood, real estate in the neighborhood, or news that could impact the market. I had a podcast where I interviewed local business owners. I would do that again, but consider doing Facebook live video at their place of business. Have a question and answer session with them. The business owners would appreciate the exposure. And if you don't know this, Facebook absolutely loves their Facebook live and they promote it over everything else to all your friends. Not only does this give your friends good content, content that will get liked and shared, but now you have the opportunity to get in front of all those business owners' contacts. You could try to connect with them, get them into your world. And if you did just one interview a week, think of how many new connections you could make with people. It's endless. Again, I'm not the one you'd call if you needed help on any platform because I'm not active myself to know what works and what doesn't. Compelling content content worth sharing, content that shows your unique ability as an agent is something that works everywhere, in-person, email, or social platforms. I know of a company that offers their services to make you more relevant on Facebook. I won't mention their name because I think they suck. They claim to give you a presence. They post your listings and other agents' listings constantly. I know someone who paid for their service, something like $50 a month. I saw their listing on my feed with another agent's contact info. It was posted in their account, and if you tapped on the listing, it would open up advertising another agent. I thought, what the hell? What are they paying for? So be careful if you plan on hiring anyone to post for you. You could also hire someone to post for you or use an assistant, but I feel that wouldn't be authentic if you did that. Sure, you could pre-plan posts. You can use a service like Hootsuite or something like that to plan posts in advance, and the assistant would post or plan the post for you. In a world where news is instantaneous, I feel that you should be active in real time. If I was going all in in social, I'd probably do more live videos. Again, they're organically boosted 
and have more potential for engagement over a copy and paste article that's been reposted a hundred times with other agents. The market watch monthly stats reposted over and over again won't gain any valuable traction. Do a live video with your take on the stats. Talk about it in a plain, easy to understand language or give your opinion based on the stats in your target market. Citywide stats are not as relevant to smaller communities. People care about what's happening in their local community. My suggestion, if you want to use social media to build yourself as the brand, do a lot of research. Learn as much as you can about what works and how it works. Then make sure that you are prepared to invest time, a lot of it. Open houses. First of all, let's understand and agree that the open house does not sell homes. If by some remote chance you didn't know that, now you do. The open house is for the benefit of the agent holding the open house. Yes, you're showcasing the home to the potential buyers and sellers think the exposure is what they need in order to sell their home. Sure, once in a while, a buyer walks in and they decide to buy a home from an open house, but these people weren't casually driving by to get some milk, saw an open house sign, went over and bought it on a whim. Now that I got that out of the way, I have no agents who do open houses every weekend and just from those open houses, they get about 10 or so deals a year directly from them. There are also agents or teams who do what's called mega open houses. And open houses are their only marketing plan and nothing else. Then you have agents who are more like me who do them when I'm forced to do them by the seller and lucky to get one or two people or couples through the door and they're usually just nosy neighbors. This is what I do know about open houses. Just as I mentioned before, if you were at a twist to the open house, it could be hugely successful for any agent. The mega open house agents are usually a team of agents. They pre-plan them a few days to a week in advance. They'll go knock on doors nearby, let them know about the open house, drop off flyers, and just because of that, they'll probably get about 15 to 20 neighbors in the area come by. And that's not including the ones that drive by or pop in. Those 15 to 20 neighbors, sure, they could just be there to be nosy, but now you have them in your database. One day, they will be sellers. And if you have their contact info, give them valuable content on a regular basis, you have a way better chance when they need to sell. If you did this right, you could get a call to come over and list their home for sale. Not a market analysis and competition with two or three other agents, a come over and list my house phone call. So how do you do this right? For starters, you increase your chances by going and knocking on the neighbor's doors significantly. But just as I said about knocking on doors before, you must leave a flyer on all the ones that don't answer because 90% won't. And if you don't leave something behind for them, you've lost your opportunity. The just listed flyer combined with brief listing info on the back would be ideal as long as the copy compels people to either visit the landing page or visit the open house or both. I would suggest knocking on at least 50 to 100 nearby homes for it to be effective. The nearby homes, especially the ones that drive by and see the for sale sign go up, those people after seeing that sign go up in their neighborhood will all be wondering, what are they asking for the home? Because they live in the area and they would obviously be the most curious. Doing the numbers, if you were able to do 100 open houses a year, two every weekend, along with door knocking, 50 to 100 nearby homes, I would guess that you would probably get at least 5 to 10 people per open house visit the landing pages, asking for more info or people visiting the open house. 10 to 20 leads is a fantastic number amount of leads to work with and will yield you a lot of new business down the road. 
as long as you stay in touch, connect, and give them value. We'll cover open houses with Richard when I have him on the podcast and he can give you some of the success he's had with them. The bottom line, it takes work, a lot of work to succeed in any of the lead generation techniques I'm sharing with you. Time or money is what it takes to get new business. Investing two hours the odd Saturday will not likely add up to success with open houses. It will take a lot more than that to be able to get clients. The preparation in advance of the open house, delivering flyers while you're door knocking, is the only way you'll get real results from open houses. The actual open house is just a way to get face-to-face with people. That is still one of the best ways to connect with people, build rapport with them, and most importantly, build trust. I still have a few more lead generation strategies to go through with, which I'll continue in the next episode. Bus stop benches, billboards, and referrals, and if there's anything else I can think of. We'll talk to you next week. Any comments, send me an email, robert at agentsuccesspodcast.com. Talk to you soon.